Amen. Can we give God a round of applause? Amen. God bless you richly. Uh, let us just turn our Bibles to John 11. Uh, John chapter 11. want us to read it together. Then when Jesus came, he found that he Amen. When he came, he had been in the grave for four days already. Amen. But he came. Amen. What matters, he came. And when he comes, it doesn't matter how long you've been in your condition. What matters, he comes. Amen. From this quote, from this scripture, I want to speak on when God shows up. When God shows up. And he does show up, folks. Amen. Amen. I don't know if we can... Okay, maybe the same in Amplified, my brother. Same verse, but Amplified. Can we read it? So when Jesus... Okay... When, so when Jesus arrived, we can start again. Four days, Amen. There's a just a quote. If you can bring it up for me. We as well going to read it together. Is it visible? Maybe the team here can take their seats. It's not visible. Okay, repeat after me. I'm identified with the, it is in the message, the mighty God unveiled before us, paragraph 204. I'm identified with a group that knows he's unveiled. Are you identified with that group this morning? Uh, let's, let's repeat. I'm identified with the group that knows he's unveiled. That knows he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That knows that. This is not a fanaticism. Is Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever? Is Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever? 
I'm identified with that group here. Yet they are called a bunch of heretics. Yet a bunch of fanaticism. On account of the word of God. But I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. And I'm one. I'm with them living epistles. I spoke of. Vindicated. God veiled in human form. In men and women. How many identified with that this morning? Amen. Let's bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are very much thankful this morning for such a beautiful day. Lord, we came here because we know that whenever we come together, you really do show up. And I believe that this gathering this morning is no exception. There's bound to be things that are going to happen in this service. And men and women are here in a very receptive mood of your weight. All our hearts are saying, speak, O Lord. We are listening, dear God. May the Holy Spirit move from seat to seat as it interrogates the heart and blesses the heart. May the Holy Spirit move in an unhindered manner. Lord, this is your service. We want to let down of everything so that the Holy Spirit can take control. And Lord, we know that when the Holy Spirit takes control, the sick are delivered. We know that when the Holy Spirit takes control, there is bound to be the miraculous, dear God. Somebody is in trouble, they need your help. Somebody is sick, they need a healing. Somebody has got a problem, they need a resolution. But you are the God that can come and interrupt every plan of the devil. And we say, in the name of Jesus Christ, we abort every plan of the devil. He's got no right over the lives of your children. We come against him again in the name of Jesus Christ. This name has got power. It's bound to bring every demon under subjection. May your people be liberated this morning. May they walk out of this building as liberated people. If there were spirits, peace spirits that have been tormenting them, I think the church has got the authority on the basis of the weight that you spoke and say, whatever you bind in heaven shall be bound here on earth. And whatever you set free in heaven shall be set free here. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we bind every spirit because we've got the authority to do so, O oh God. May the church believe that we've got the power to bind every spirit this morning. We bind every demon. We bind even the devil himself this morning. We say, devil, you've got no right in any way. We come against every situation that has been created by you because God is veiled in human form. These men and women have veiled to God. And when they speak, it's the omnipotency that will speak. And let the omnipotency speak this morning, dear God, as we bring the whole service under the subjection of the Holy Spirit for the glory of the Almighty God. All these things we ask them, believing in the most precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Amen. While you take your seats. Amen. Brother, if we can just go back to John 11, uh, verse 1, that's John 11, not 10, amen. The Bible says, now... A certain man named Lazarus was ill. He was of Bethany, the village where Mary and her sister Martha lived. Amen. These were the three message believers in Bethany that had accepted the message of the hour and came out of their denomination. Actually, I'm not, Brother Bram said they did not come out of the denomination. They were kicked out of a denomination. Amen. As soon as they believed in Jesus, they were put out of their church. Amen. Uh, Sometimes, folks, it does not mean that when you believe the message, things are going to go fine. Amen. Sometimes things have been going very well. Because you never declared war on the devil. But the day you take sides with Jesus, you are bound to see things changing. Hallelujah. Opposing you, but you've got to remain steadfast and know in whom you have believed. Are we together? Now, verse 2. This Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair, it was her brother Lazarus who was now sick. Are we together? This is the Mary that came to Jesus and wept at his feet. Uh, Mary preferred to be at the feet of Jesus, and with her tears washed the feet of Jesus, and with her hair she wiped off uh, the, the dirt from the feet of Jesus, and with the perfume she anointed the feet of Jesus. Verse 3. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love so well is sick. They sent a message that he, uh, be informed that he, the one that you love is very sick. Verse 4. When Jesus received the message, he said this sickness is not to is not to end in death, but to, on the contrary, it is to honor God and to promote his glory that the Son of God may be glorified through by it. Are uh, we together? Uh, already you can begin to see that what you deem to be an emergency, it may, it may, it not, it may, it may not be an emergency when it comes to the Almighty God. Are we together? I want to repeat that what you deem to be an emergency may not be emergency to the Almighty God. God sometimes takes his time. Hallelujah. Uh, he, he doesn't just jump in whenever 
at, uh, at the side of a problem. Sometimes he just, he just keep quiet and, and observe how you do things. Because it is during the waiting time where you can test the character of a person. Hallelujah. Uh, verse 5. Now Jesus loved, him, loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. They were his dear friends, and he held them uh, in loving esteem. Verse 6. Therefore, even when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he still stayed two days longer in the same place where he was. Hallelujah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe we need to interrogate this because if surely you used to spend time at the feet of Jesus and you wept and with your tears you washed the feet of Je- with, with your tears you washed the feet of Jesus and with your hair you wiped the feet of Jesus. Surely those feet, are, humanly speaking, you would expect that when there is a problem, that feet should be the first pick. They should walk to you first. Hallelujah. Uh, maybe I can give an analogy. It's like buying a, a pastor a car, but you phone him that you, see you are sick, he doesn't come. Hallelujah. The expectation is that because he's got a car, a body maker, I'm the very person that when I need him, he should be here in no time. But Jesus still remained in the same place for two days. Even after he had received the message because yet it was an emergency. Uh, Brother Branham says Lazarus was a breadwinner. And when he was sick and he was there on the bed, I mean there must have been some mind battles that went through Mary and Martha. They must have said, listen, we know that if the, if the master is here, none of this would happen. Our brother would not be as sick as he is because that man has got the power to bring healing. But even though after the message was relayed to him, uh, he still took his time for two days. He just remained in the place where he was. Verse 7. Then after that interval... He said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. He's got no intention to go to Bethany. Hallelujah. Remember, Lazarus is not in Judea. Lazarus is in Bethany. Are we together? But the Lord still wants to continue in the opposite direction. Hallelujah. Uh, I had pastors in Zimbabwe that uh, were in Israel for a 10-day tour. and They were just telling me about how things are happening there. They say, Actually, when you go to Israel and come back, you no, lo- you no longer look at the Bible in the same way. Amen. So they say there are some technicalities. You can only be exposed to them when you are in the land of Israel. Hallelujah. Uh, but he, I'm simply saying the instead of him going to Bethany, he still wanted to, uh, he's wanted to go back to Judea. And remember, Judea, as we read in verse 8 here, The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews only recently were intending and trying to stone you. And are you thinking of going back there again? The place where they love him most, they need him most. He doesn't want to go there. He's planning to go to the place where they almost stoned him. Hallelujah. God's ways are not our ways. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. Verse 9. 
Jesus answered, Are they not twelve hours in the day? Anyone who walks about in the daytime does not stumble, because he sees it by the light of this world. Verse 10. But if anyone walks about in the light, he does stumble, because there is no light in him. The light that is lacking, that, that the light is lacking to him. He said these things, and then added, Our friend Lazarus is at rest and sleeping, but I'm going there that I may awaken him out of his sleep. So the first message, he's sick. He delayed two days until the next message comes, or he tells them because he's a prophet. He says, now Lazarus is sleeping, but we need to go and awaken him out of his sleep. Verse 12, the disciple answered, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will recover. If he is resting, he will wake up because they didn't understand or didn't know what he was talking about. Verse 13, however, Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he referred to falling into a refreshing and natural sleep. Verse 14. So then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. This is where, if you are not a believer, you, if, if, if it is the people especially that are living during our time, uh, they would have said, but he said the sickness is not unto death. But now the man is dead. So on this basis, Jesus is a false prophet. The Bible is not a newspaper, folks. Verse 15. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there. It will help you to believe, to trust and rely on him. However, let us go to him. Are we together? He says, for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there. Because, folks, if he was there, Lazarus would have not died. If he was there, Lazarus would have been healed. But he say it will help you to believe and to trust and rely on me. However, let us go to him. A man is dead, but the man is inviting the people, let us go to him. Verse 16. Then Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us go too, that we may die, be killed along with him. 17. Then when Jesus arrived, he found that he, Lazarus, had already been in the tomb for four days. 18. Bethany was near Jerusalem, only about two miles away. 19. And a considerable number of the Jews had gone out to see Martha, and Mary to console them concerning their brother. Verse 20. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, and while Mary remained sitting in the house. Verse 21. Martha said to Jesus, Master, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. You can just run ahead, my brother. I'm not going to comment. Even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, he will grant it to you. Jesus said to her, your brother shall rise again. Martha replied, I know that you will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I myself, the resurrection and the life, whoever believes in me 
and adheres to is really amplified. Okay. Uh, whoever believes in and adheres to and trusts and relies on me, although he may, he may die, yet he shall live. Are we together? I just wanted to get to the background of this story uh, before we, 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 we move right along. Are we together? Now, as I gave the background, this was the family that had decided or that were put out of their church because they decided to follow Jesus. And as soon as they were put out of their church, uh, the sickness struck. And as the sickness struck, the master was away on his business, preaching, delivering the, the sick, and so forth. And they related the message to him and said, uh, your friend that you love dearly uh, is sick. And when they got the news, as you have seen there, he said, but the sickness is not unto death. Hallelujah. But it is there for the glory of God. I want to say there are certain things that God allows or situations or conditions that he allows so that he can show who he is. Are we together? Uh, are you here, believers? The reason you are sick is so that God can show that he is a healer. The reason you are lost is that God can show that he, he is a savior. So whatever condition or situation that you find yourself in, I want to say to you, it is for the glory of God. Hallelujah. And if you can begin to look at your challenges and problems in that way, you are going to approach every situation differently. Whenever you get into the situation, you already say, there's going to be a testimony that comes out of this situation. Yes. Hallelujah. A believer, when he goes into a trial, there's one thing that he knows, I'm coming out of this trial as a victor. I'm coming out of this trial with a testimony. A believer does not just have a long face and look, walk around as a defeated person. A believer is somebody that knows that God has ordained them to be victors in whatever situation they may find themselves in. Hallelujah. Are there people that are dealing with various situations this morning? Hallelujah. Are there people going through various trials this morning? I want to say there is going to be a testimony that comes out of that trial. But your attitude towards the trial must just say, God, I don't know how you're going to glorify yourself, but this is an opportunity for you to come down and glorify yourself. Are we together? Now, in this family, the, the Lazarus got sick, and Lazarus was a believer. Hallelujah. And when you look at this, you, you, you tend to think that because they had left their church to follow the Messiah, the sickness, the person that should be sick is the person that was not following the Messiah. Uh, that, that's normal. Hallelujah. Uh, and I, I want you to, to, to be with me. Have you ever been on this journey and said, Lord, but I have done this and that. This shouldn't be happening to me. It should be happening to somebody that is outside of the message. Has it ever happened to you? Come on, folks. You can do much better than that. Has it ever happened to you? Where you're going through a trial, but you say, goodness, but I've been to church. I pay my tithes. I'm a worshiper. I wear long dresses. I follow the message of the hour, and I don't sin, but trials come your way. And you look at the next person, a drunkard. He's having a good time. 
Things are going right for him until you wonder, is he a worshiper or am I a worshiper? Let me tell you something. There is nothing in that drunkard that can glorify God. Even that drunkard, if he was to have a trial and he comes out of that trial, he's not going to glorify God. But you, God knows that you are capacitated. That when you come into situations and you are delivered out of that situation, the first thing that you'll do, you'll raise your hands and say, thank God. God, you brought me out of this situation. Are there people this morning that God has brought them out of situations? Folks, you can do much better than that. If, if a building was burning and building was ravaged by fire, and you, you had given hope, maybe you are on the sixth floor, and it is being ravaged by fire. And out of nowhere, somebody comes in, maybe uh, one of the SWAT members comes there, he breaks the window, and he pulls you by the window, and he drags you, and he pulls you down, and off you go. The first thing when you get to there, I don't care whether you are the director of a company, you look at that man and say, thank God you saved my life. Are you here, folks? When somebody has brought you out of a situation that was tougher, you are bound to raise your hands and say, God, I thank you that I came out of this situation. And are there people this morning that have got a gratitude that, oh God, I was going through this process, and had you not intervened, I don't know what would have happened to me. But this morning, I'm thankful that you came into my situation. Are you here, folks? We are here because we've got gratitude. And some of the dangers that were coming our way were not visible to our naked eye. But one thing that we know, he watches over us. If he watches over a sparrow, he watches over you. And this morning, you've got to be thankful that there is a better eye that is watching over you. And folks, I want you to understand what this family went through. You, you, you leave the church. You are excommunicated from your church because you follow this man that had no church building, that moves from place to place, that, that looked like a vagabond. But after they had left, the people must have looked, as you can see, it was very close to Jerusalem. Those that used to know them in their old church must have visited them. Must have come to them and say, where is this chap that you are following? Where is this master that you are following? The old priest is around the corner and he can avail himself at any time. The devil loves to provide alternatives that are going to bring a detour in your life. That's why as a believer you've got to have a discernment. And say, if I take this route, what shall be the end of this route? Young people, are you here? The devil likes to provide alternatives. But as a believer, you need to pause and say, God, what shall be the end of this route? Now, when they were there, they sent the message to him. And I'm, I'm sure they must have known that he has gotten the message. But he didn't come. He still tarried for two days wherever he was. And they're watching their brother. It, and if you have ever lost a loved one, it is, it is heartbreaking to see the person that you love suffer with you not being able to do anything. Lazarus must have been tossing in bed because of pain. But uh, as they looked at him, 
They realize that there is nothing that they can do. The master is not here. The master is out there carrying on with his business. Until Lazarus, his eyes maybe must have crossed because of this intense pain. And he gave up the ghost. And after he gave up the ghost, they started talking about funeral arrangements. Funeral arrangements were made without the pastor being in the picture. The man that they had risked their reputation for was not around. Had it been any of us, we might have said, look, once we are done with the burial, we are not going back to that church. That church is uncaring. The pastor is uncaring. But look at what they did. They carried on and buried him. And after they buried him, Maybe you thought he was on his way. Maybe he was late. He would have arrived on the day of the funeral. The day of the funeral came, but Jesus was no way, anywhere to be seen. The second day after he was buried, Jesus still was no way to be seen. The third day after the funeral, Jesus was no way to be seen. And let me take you through the process. Brother Bram says, corruption sets in within 72 hours. And maybe you don't understand how much you need God. Maybe you trust your body. As soon as you die, your body releases enzymes. And those enzymes are the ones that are now eating your dinner. But as soon as you die, your body will eat you. Your body is your enemy. As soon as you die, your body will eat you. The bacteria, the cells will be ruptured. Because there's no oxygen and there will be a bacteria in your body. And all of a sudden, corruption sets in. Now, Lazarus, four days later, Brother Bram said his nose had already fallen off. He was already going through a process of, he was decomposing. But while the brother was in the grave, and while the body was going through this process of decomposing, and while they had given up, right there, where there was, they were hopeless. Where Brother Bram said it was the darkest hour. Right where it was hopeless. That's when the Messiah, it was said, he's on his way. Are we together? He got sick, he got buried, he was nowhere to be seen. But four days later... He was still coming. And when Martha heard that the Messiah is coming, Martha realized that, goodness, let me rush out to meet the Messiah. Brother Bram said, check this attitude of a believer. When Martha met Jesus, he said, Master, had you been here, our brother would have not died. Hallelujah. But we know whatsoever you ask of God, God will give it to you even now. Well, I'm asking myself, why was Martha's confidence in Jesus never discouraged? Martha was into Jesus, not based on what Jesus can do for Martha. Martha realized who Jesus was. Irrespective of whether Jesus was there when my brother was sick, Jesus is still the Messiah. Even though we buried my brother, but Jesus is still Messiah. And I want to say to you, even if you, whatever you go through, 
God is still God. If you've got cancer, God is still God. Even if you die of cancer, God is still God. God is not a God because he's a healer. He's God because he's God. He can heal and he can decide not to heal. And if you decide not to believe him, it does not change the essence of who God is. Hallelujah. Maybe I need to bring it down to your level. Brother Branham is a prophet. Whether people agree with him or don't agree with him, he is a prophet. Are you here, folks? Brother Branham is the end time prophet. Whether people follow him or they don't follow him, it does not change that. He is the fulfillment of the scripture in the end time. Malachi 4, Revelation 10, 7. Nothing will ever change that. Can unbelief hinder God? Can unbelief hinder God? God will never stop working because you don't believe in him. There are certain things that will happen whether you like them or not. There's coming a rapture, folks. Whether you believe it or you don't believe it, there's coming a rapture. But this morning I say, God, when it comes, let me be in that number. Now we look. Four weeks later, he comes. Martha comes and says, but we know that whatever you ask of God, he will give it to you, even now. Then he says, Thy brother shall rise. And Mary realized that, no, Lord, I know. At the last day, my brother shall rise. Mary, Martha thought, resurrection is an event. But reverension is not an event. Resurrection is a person. Martha was looking at the event not realizing that there was a person who was the person of the resurrection in front of him at that moment. Folks, your solution this morning is available right now in the building. Whatever you think God can do in the future, he can do it right now. Right now. Now, he says, I am the resurrection and life. And now, Martha went back into the house. Already, the Jews were there. I don't think the Jews were there to encourage them. I think they were there to show them that your faith, your new faith does not work. They were there to show them the deficiency in their faith. And then when Martha came, she whispered into the ear of Mary, the master is outside. Mary runs out and the Jews follows Mary. And when Mary got to the Messiah, says, Master, had you been here, our brother would have not died. Do you see that when he was not coming, they were telling each other, if he was here, our brother would have not died. He died because he was not there. But they did not want to apportion the blame to him. Folks, no matter how intense the trial may be, don't ever get to a level where you, 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 you curse God. Job said, I would rather curse the day on which I was born rather than to curse God. And the devil would want us to apportion the blame to God. 
while he is the culprit. Right there, then we see when Jesus looked and saw how Mary and Martha were grieving, the Bible says it made him to groan in the spirit. It affected him. And he said to them, where have you laid him? Where have you put him? And they said, Master, come with us. Let me tell you something. Brother Brenham says, sometime when things are not going right, you must go to the spot where you left him. Sometimes you need to pause and say, I used to be happy. Why am I not happy anymore? And you need to go to the very spot where you left him. It's exactly the same spot where you will find him. He will never leave you. You will leave him. But if you return back to where you left him, you will find him at that very same spot. Then they said, Master, as they were going, now Mother turns around and says, But Master, it has been four days. He must be stinking. Jesus says, It does not matter. And I am simply saying this morning, There are some places where you need to take the master in your life. And those places may be stinking, but you still need to take the master there. Because if you don't take him to those places, life will never come from those places. Do you understand what I'm talking about, folks? And there is this delusion. How many spoke a lie before they were baptized? Hands in the air, folks. Leave the hands in the air. No, leave them in the air. How many told the lie after they were uh, before they were baptized? Hands are remaining almost. If you've got anyone whose rent is not up, you need to ask them. We need a recipe. Okay. How many? How many? did things that they knew that uh, had they not repented from before they got baptized, they would have gone to hell. Are there hands in the air? Is the entire, or is there anyone that, oh, Brother Leon says both hands are up. How many told the lie after baptism? How many did things that they knew were wrong and they were not aware, or rather they were aware, and feel that they could have prevented them from going into the rapture last week? Last week. Did you say, when I started before the, before the baptism, all the hands did go up. And when I moved on and came to last week, only a few hands went up. It does not mean that it's only those that have raised their hands have done things that they were not supposed to do last week 
It could be that somebody is ashamed. But in the heart, they know that something was not, wrong, was not right last week. Let me tell you something, folks. When we are going into the rapture, God does not have a book where he ticks. We are going there by grace. Yeah. Hallelujah. But, but how do you know that you are in the grace of God? I don't care what you do. What I care is what you do about what you have done. You, you need to rise up and say, God, here I repent. And uh, the, uh, Paul says, a Christian repents daily. Some of the people this morning are not here to sing choruses. They are just here to say, God, I want to repent. I want to make it right with you. Because if I don't make it right with you, I may be, I may be found naked when you come. Don't ever be ashamed to repent daily because we are in a battle daily. Are you here, folks? And no one must tell you that they are holy from January to December. Paul, the great apostle, said we die daily. And there is something that I want to tell the devil. I don't care how many times you make me stumble, but there is one thing that I know. As a soldier, I'll rise again. I'll rise again. I'll refuse to sit down. I'll rise again. Are you here, folks? Going into the rapture is not for holy people, but it's for the people that have repented. And that's why this man has said, don't stay in your sin. They took Jesus to the place where it was stinking. And this money, there are places in your life that may be stinking. Take Jesus to those places. Your stinking business is Jesus' business. Mother wanted to stop him. I said, don't go. Don't go. There must be a very repulsive smell coming from there. But there is no smell that is stronger that will turn Jesus away. There is no sin that is too bad for Jesus not to forgive. When he died, he said, it is finished. All sins were forgiven. All sins were forgiven. Folks, all sins were forgiven. All, all things were forgiven. I want to tell the devil, all sins were forgiven. There is no sin that you can hold against me. All things were forgiven. Can the church say all sins were forgiven? Including your sin. David, all, all, all sins were forgiven. This morning, all sins are forgiven. Hallelujah. You can give him a hand of praise. All sins are forgiven this morning. Hallelujah. All sins. You need to be free this morning. The devil has been whispering into your ear, trying to bring you down. Rise up as a child of God. All sins. All sins are forgiven. 
this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. And there's something that I want to ask you. Don't go back to that sin. Don't go back to that sin. This morning say, I'm done. I'm done. Devil, I'm done with you. Guys, I'm sounding a jubilee trumpet here. You've got to respond. I'm done. Devil, I'm done. I will not go back anymore. My stinking business has been taken by Jesus. And all sins are forgiven. I'm forgiven. Martha said, no. He's thinking. It's been for four days, Lord. Jesus said, let's go. And when they went there, Jesus said, remove the stone. Why did he not remove the stone? Why did not Jesus remove the stone? Why does he tell women to remove the stone? In everything, there's a part that you, you must play before Jesus plays his part. Because removing the stone is an act of faith. He wanted them to be a partner in this miracle. Jesus could have said, stone, move. The stone would have moved. But he wanted them. I could imagine he must have looked at them trying to pull the stone. And he was waiting there. There are times God looks at you struggling, but he's looking at you. Because he wants to see, is is there determination? Because I want to tell you something. If things were given just for the sake of being given, you will take things for granted. Some of you, he allowed you to stay in the world much longer. And you struggle. And today you are in church, you want to say, goodness, why didn't this message come my way earlier on? God was watching you, removing the stone. Removing the stone. And he was there watching. Did he have a power to help you? Oh no. Yes, he has. He allowed you to move from an AA meeting to an AA meeting. Where you were an addict and you came and said, Hi, my name is so and so. Then they say, Hi. He was there looking at you. But it was part of you trying to remove the stone. How many here struggle with habits? How many here ever struggled with habits? And you struggle to let go. And you try until you, you cry and say, what more can I do? God was allowing you to remove the stone. And he was standing there waiting for the right time. And as soon as they removed the stone, When God shows up, the miraculous is going to happen. 
When God shows up, a dead man will walk out of a tomb. When God shows up, life will be brought back into the body. When God shows up, a believer will rise up and look at their own life and say, I'm not that person anymore. When God shows up, the Jews showed up, but yet he was dead and remained dead. But when Jesus showed up and went to the tomb of Lazarus and said, Lazarus, Lazarus, remember he said, let us go to him. Jesus knew where Lazarus was. Jesus could talk to Lazarus while Lazarus' body was in the tomb. And said, Lazarus, Lazarus. Brother Abraham said, had he just said, come forth. Every man and woman that was on that graveyard would have leaped out of their graves. God's calling is distinct. God's calling is indistinct. And you were in spiritual graves. And one day he showed up through the prophet messenger, through the revealed word of the hour, and he said, come forth. And you came forth. When Lazarus came out, there were other people that were still in the tomb. But that was Lazarus' personal miracle. Come forth. And a man that had been dead, his nose had fallen off. His stomach had already been releasing the acids that destroy the body, the enzymes that I spoke about. His cells had already ruptured. But as soon as Jesus spoke, the cell that was ruptured was now restored back. The enzymes that were beginning to eat him up, they all returned back to their original place. The nose that had fallen off came back on Lazarus. Resurrection is not a replacement. Resurrection is the very thing that went into the ground. It's the very thing that came out. And he stood there while he was wearing this burial cloth. And Jesus said, lose him. Lose him. And they began to cut off. I don't know what Lazarus must have thought. I don't know how he must have rejoiced. I don't think that miracle when it happened, even the Jews that were there, some of them believed. And those that went to report to the Pharisees and to the rulers, they as well told them things that had happened. And they said, listen, we have a problem here. When God shows up, when God shows up, I don't care how long you have been buried. I don't care how long you have been in sin. I don't care how long you struggle with addictions. I don't care how long you have been sick. I don't care how long you have been discarded. When God shows up, when God shows up, the demons have got to scatter. When God shows up, the demon, the devil has got to run away. And I said this morning, God, may you show up in my life. 
show up in my life. And folks, I want to tell you, I'm preaching to the right people here. I'm preaching to the right audience here. In the end time, God did not show up in Rome. God did not show up in the denominations. God showed up among his elected people through the ministry of the prophet. And I want to say God has showed up again. Lose him. And they loosened him. I want to take you to a man called Jacob. Jacob had a twin brother. The conflict started when they were in their mother's womb. Esau just disliked Jacob while they were in their mother's womb. And a battle broke out in their mother's womb. Some people will dislike you for no reason. And if a twin can dislike his twin brother, who are you? The battle of Rebecca. The twin were battling. And when they were born, Esau was a good man. Jacob was a bad guy. It's not enough to be a good man. You must be a God man. Esau, he was everything that his father looked for in a son. Husky voice went hunting out there in the wood. And Jacob was a sissified. Brother Bram says, he used to walk around in the kitchen holding his mother's apron. But while he was there in the kitchen, that is where he knew the right recipe for a soup. Well, Esau was out there. And a birthright had to be fought for. And this man that was mainly macho did not know the secret to get the birthright until Jacob waited for him to come back while he was hungry. And he had made, I don't know whether it was it a good beef stew, a soup that he brought him and said, in exchange for this, give me the birthright. Brother Bram says, Esau did not see the value of the birthright. But Jacob saw the value and he got the birthright. Robbed his brother of a blessing. And his father was angry. And Esau had, Jacob had to run away. And he went to stay with his uncle Laban for 20 years. A crook stayed with a crook. Twenty years of crooking each other. When it came to the livestock, they crooked each other. When the time came for Jacob to get his bride, Laban crooked him. 
But after 20 years, God told him to return back home. And he took his servants and took the wives. And he was on his way. And he had to go through a territory called Edom. That territory belonged to Esau. And he was terrified that 20 years later, I don't know how my brother feels about me. Some people can keep a grudge for 40 years. And any grudge that you keep, it ravages your body and your health rather than the intended person. Folks, when you forgive, you're not a fool. When you forgive, you set yourself free from all bitterness. And Jacob sent men to go and speak to his brother and said, listen, we are coming, but we are coming in peace, not in war. And when they arrived there, Esau called 400 men and said, let us go to Jacob. Now he was told that your brother and 400 men are coming towards your direction. That even terrified Jacob further. I said, okay, fine. Let me get 200 goats. Let me send them to him so that I can appease him with a gift. While they had gone, the same night, he went up the mountain alone. And when he was there, he was in desperation because he is coming from his crooked, crooked uncle. 20 years of being crooked. And now he's coming up against his brother who's got a grudge that he once robbed him of his blessing. And Jacob is finding himself in between two problems. And it began to send him into desperation. And he prayed and said, God, where are you? And right in the midst of his prayer, a man grabbed him. And when that man grabbed him, Jacob began to wrestle with that man. And as they were wrestling, they wrestled the whole night. And he says, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but your name shall be called Israel. It was during a time when Jacob was in trouble, where his name was changed. And I don't know, I don't know what you are going through, but it may be the season where God is changing your status in the midst of your problems. Hallelujah. And Jacob wrestled with this man. And this man said, you shall be called Israel. And he says, who are you? He said, what do you want to know who I am? And as the wrestler said, let me go. And Jacob said, I will never let you go until you give me a blessing. And I tell you this morning, there is a man in the building. That man is not Pastor Mariva. That man is the angel of the Lord. He's cycling the building. And a believer must grab the angel and wrestle with the angel. I will never let you go until you bless me. And Jacob, the angel touched him on the hip. And Jacob, that was walking properly, he came down the mountain, limping, limping. And you look at him and say, and he says the name of the mountain shall be called Penuel, which means is the way I saw God face to face and my life was preserved. But when you looked at Jacob, it did not 
went up the mountain, walking right. He came back limping. This is a God of oxymoron, folks. He came back limping. And I want to tell you, my sister, there was a time when people looked at you and they say, your life looks good. You are a best dresser. But one day you came wearing a long dress and then they say, what happened? What happened to the two-stripe suits that you used to wear, my sister? It's because, tell them, I've been up the mountain called Penuel. And on that mountain, I met God face to face. Hallelujah. And he touched my head. You can never meet the angel of the Lord and walk the same. You can never meet the angel of the Lord and walk the same. Folks, I may even need to say this. Every man and woman that comes in contact with this message of the hour, wherever they are, if they accept it, the same angel that was with Brother Branham touches them. Maybe you have not heard me, you missed me. Every man and woman, wherever they may be, if this message comes in contact with them and they accept the message, the same angel touches them. And how will we know that he has touched you? It changes your walk. It changes your habits. It changes your diet. When God shows up, your diet, your habits disappear. Your edges disappear. Your sinful life goes away. Any person that would want to claim that they've believed this message and they still live the same lives that they lived before they came into the message, it's, a, it's just a hogwash. You cannot come in contact with it and remain the same. It changes your walk. Imagine you had friends that knew that you were walking upright and all of a sudden you are limping. Will they still be your friends? And you tell them that the reason I'm limping, they say, did you fall off the road? Did you get involved in an accident? You say, No. Actually, at night, the angel came into the room and touched me. Can you tell that story in a tavern? They'll say, you've lost your mind. But when you come to church and find the people that have been touched by the same angel, you say, folks, the reason I'm not walking right, even before you say it, they say, has the angel touched you? Because the only person that walks in this way is the people that the angel touches. Are there people in the building who have been touched by the angel? You let go of everything. When God shows up, you let go. Four hundred years. Four hundred years. Men and women were being whipped daily on the back. 400 years from generation 
to generation. Being a generation of people that are being whipped. But in the midst of being them who are being whipped, their child, their children, there's coming a time where God will send a deliverer. The kids must have asked the question, if this God is so powerful, where is he? How long have you been in, in this Egypt? Son, it has already been 300 years. But the deliverer is coming. We may not see him in our generation, but you may see him in your generation. If you don't see him in your generation, tell your children, the deliverer is coming. Generation for generation, the deliverer is coming. But God was there in the background, behind the scene. If you spoke about him and he say he's alive, it, it could be very be doubted if he's this powerful. Look at Pharaoh. How many people have we buried here? How many people have suffered here? How can we be God's people while we are being subjected to this horrible treatment? But the stalwarts of faith, the deliverer is coming. The deliverer is coming. Until a boy was born. His name was Moses. And Pharaoh wanted to kill the boy. But Moses' parents, Jacob, Jacob and Emram, took the basket in which Moses was and they put it onto the sea. In the very river where they were throwing the children to be eaten by crocodiles, the parents went to the very problem and they put the basket and it began to sail among the crocodiles until it reached the house of Pharaoh. And Moses was raised as a pharaoh. Until later he committed felony and had to run away. For 40 years he was gone. Slavery was continuing. But one day while he was out in the woods, God showed up. And said, I have remembered. I have remembered the afflictions of my people. Pharaoh, you Moses. Go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. Moses just had a rot. And God said, throw the rot on the ground. He threw the rot on the ground. He turned into the serpent. And he grabbed it and it became a serpent, a, the rot again. He put his arm under, in his, under his arm and it became, it had le, le, a leprosy. And God said, those two signs will confirm that you have had an encounter with me. Go to Pharaoh. And Moses, while they are caught up in this 400 slavery, Moses showed up and went to Pharaoh and said to Pharaoh, let my people go. Pharaoh thought it was business as usual. Pharaoh thought he was speaking to one of the slaves. But he did not know that this was a different type of slave that had had a supernatural encounter with God and said, let my people go. From that road, miracles were happening until Pharaoh had to bow down and say, God is the God of Moses. When God shows up, the mighty fall. 
when God shows up, there's bound to be miracles that are happening. And folks, I want to tell you something. This is in closing. This world is grappling with a lot of problems. There are so many demons upon the face of the earth. 200 million of them have been released. But I want to tell you something. Of all those demons that are around, the people that will overcome all those demons, I'm preaching to those people right now. Did you hear me? All those demons, all those demons have got to come under the subjection of the bride before we leave the face of the earth. There's not going to be one demon that will remain and be proud and say, they didn't do anything to me. I gave them a problem. No, sir. Every demon before we depart from here will be right under our feet. Because when God shows up, the devil must go down. Do you hear me, young people? If there is a demon of lust, we are not going to run away from that demon. We will be here and overcome that demon. And every demon that is upon the face of the earth will come in contact with the believers. And there are demons have got speciality. Demons have got speciality. You know, there are things that bother you that may never bother him. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Maybe Brother Philip and the likes of Brother Leone will know. We black folks, we don't understand rock and roll. If I walked into a place where they play rock and roll, it says a bunch oh, 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 oh. I don't understand it. But if I walked into a place and they play quieto, you will not understand it. It will just be a bunch of noise. But in me, I will understand it. So quieto is it, it will be a problem to me, but it will not be a problem to you. But the rock and roll will be a problem to you and may not be a problem to me. But the danger part is that every demon, when you remain under it long enough, even though it was not a problem, it will have an effect upon you. Did you hear me? Young people, are you here? You can hang around with people that are dating and you say, I don't date. I don't have a problem with that. I can accompany you as you go and see your boyfriend. It's not a problem to you. But if you remain long enough, there is no place that you will be and live without a spirit. Are you hearing message, people? There is no place that you will be and remain there without a spirit. That's why the Bible says, shun the very appearance of evil. Are you going to see your boyfriend? I'm not going there. And as a matter of fact, you're no longer my friend. Hello, young people. You're no longer my friend. And I think it's about time where young people have got to have difficult conversations with their friends. Have you been baptized with the Holy Ghost? What are you talking about? That is the Holy Ghost. And for you to be my friend, you must be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Without a Holy Ghost, there is no friendship. Am I preaching to people that are understand here? 
you can, folks, we cannot preach year in and year out. At some point in time, you've got to be the devil farewell. Some of you, the reason you don't overcome, you are in church this morning. Next week, during the week, you are back at the same place. In the same company. Next week, you come back with the same spirit. It's not because God is not powerful. You are careless. You are negligent. Oh yes, you are negligent. There's no way you can hear this message Wednesday, Sunday, and remain the same. You've got to grow. If you're not growing, there is something wrong with your experience. We've got to say these things for what they are. If you hear the message and there is no change, you've got a demon on your life. And maybe it's about time you take the God to that stinking business. I'm addicted to pornography. Come, Lord. Hallelujah. It's not a private matter. It's a demonic matter. I'm not going to bow down to the devil this morning. It's a demonic matter. It needs a deliverance. In the economy of God, we don't have private matters. No, the church knows. It's my weakness. Women are my weakness. Goodness, for how long? For how long? Even the pastor knows. No, I don't understand. Will you understand, Brother Mr. before you give a person antibiotic? They come back, they are still sick. You say, have you, have you taken antibiotic? No, I only took it one day. The problem is the doctor, the problem is you. And a real doctor will check you out of his office. Say, get out! Until you are ready to be helped. Because he knows my reputation is at stake. I've got a qualification here. You cannot come here week in and work out, same medication, and you don't complete the medication. Are you here, believers? Young people, are you here? When we preach, you must accept what we say and be completely be delivered. Oh, Pastor, you've got to understand, it's the end time they will dress in this manner. Every demon from a demon of adultery to a demon of dressing. Before we go out of this generation, all the demons, all the demons will be under our feet. Are you here, folks? We are not going to leave one demon pompous. And he says, oh, oosh, had it not been of the rapture, saved by the bell. There is no saved by the bell here. You've got to overcome. You've got to overcome. Amen. And you are the people that have seen God showing up in our generation in flesh. There's a sister. She's not here. She'll be here, maybe. She was here when I was in Zimbabwe. She gave me a call three months back and said, Pastor, 
they're about to repossess my house. I'm in areas by close to 100,000 plus because I had been out of a job for quite some time. They want to repossess my house. What must we do, Pastor? I said, the only thing that I know, we can try the attorneys, but they will add some rents to what you already owe. We can't try the bank because the bank doesn't understand it's already an enemy in this case. Let's check with God. Let's check with God. Let's pray. We, she prayed, I prayed. Just before I could board a plane to Zimbabwe, she gave me a call. Pastor, you don't know what happened. See, what happened? He said, Absa called me. And they've even sent me a note. That the amount that I'm in areas with 100 plus, they will write it off. And Pastor, guess what? They don't know. It does not change my installment. My installment is the same, but the amount has been written off. I said, when God shows up, He writes off certain debts. When God shows up, He heals the diseases. You've got to allow God to show up. When God shows up, something changes. Amen. And when He shows up, you become victorious. Are there people that have got situations that would want God to show up in their situation? Are they here? Don't be ashamed. Are they the people that say, God, here's a situation. Many people don't even know about this situation. But you know about it. And may you show up in my situation. He's willing to show up in your situation. If he can raise Lazarus from the dead after four days, then surely there is nothing impossible with God. Does somebody want him to show up in their life? Oh, folks, when he shows up, he's able to replace the blood cells. When he shows up, there is life that is coming your way. When he's showing up, the slavery cycle is about to be broken. When God shows up, Goliath has got to go down. A doctor said to Brother Brennan, He says he, he was his 86-year-old doctor friend. Say, Brother Brennan, do you believe in paradox? He says, oh, yes. Actually, that's where he got the title, the paradox. He says, I don't understand, Brother Brennan. There was a time where there was a couple. It was during the Great Depression, recession. What do you call recession today? This couple came at my pharmacy. And this man, it was towards the evening, this man had a script and he wanted the, the medication. And he said to this, uh, Brother Ram calls him a druggist, 
which is maybe a pharmacist, I don't know. Then he says, I said to him, he gave me the, medica- the script and said, I need this medication. And this druggist said, he went, he said to him, but you've got to pay for this. He said, no, I don't have money to pay. But uh, as soon as you have given us the medication, my wife will go back home. I've got to go somewhere. I'm going to wait for the whole night. There might be the money coming through. And in the morning, I'll come and pay you if I get that money. Then the man said, no, we can't do that. It's against the rules. Then he says, as they were about to leave, something nudged him. And he said, wait a minute. Come back. Let me give you this medication. He went there, mixed the medication. He said, Brother Brenham, as I gave them the medication, face and the hand of this man transformed. And I saw the Lord Jesus Christ receiving the medication. He said, I couldn't tell anybody. But, Brother, do you believe in paradox? Brother Brenham said, Yes, I do. The scriptures say, If you have done to one of these children, you have done it unto me. And he said, I believe that. I believe it was God showing up in this environment. And I'm simply saying, I don't know what you need, but he can show up this morning. He can show up this morning. God bless you richly. We are depending and we proclaim victory as we stand to our feet.
That's where Mary was at the feet of Jesus.
bowed, our eyes closed, our heads bowed. question is there an area in your life where like Mary and Martha you've got to invite Jesus to maybe an area that is stinking maybe an area that you consider to be a private matter maybe an area where you are ashamed of It may be an area that has cost you so many battles. It may be an area that the devil is using to demoralize you in the army. It may be an area that you thought you should protect it because if you don't protect it, you, are, you, lose, you risk losing your dignity. But this morning, there is no area that he won't go to. Either he can come to the area now to fix the area, or he will come to the area to judge the area. It is much better to invite him rather than for him to invite himself at the door of judgment. When God shows up, he forgives sins. When God shows up, he restores lives. It's up to you. But there's an invitation as, they, as he passes by. May he not pass you by. Maybe you have long been in the message and certain things crept in your environment. But through the preaching of the word, you realize there's been negligence on your part. You can be the only one that can fix it. The pastor can fix it. The deacon can fix it. It's you that can allow God to come into that area and he will fix it. Let's continue harming it. that you had great sermons, attended great conventions, where great speakers were, but you still are defeated, still are miserable. It is because of that area, same area that Martha and Mary would wanted to stop Jesus not to go to, because it was thinking. But maybe somebody in the building like Samson, you realize the Philistines, demons are laughing at you. But at this point in time, you can say, Oh Lord, just once more. Just once more. 
The enemy had poked out his eyes and tears were coming out from those empty sockets. The enemy was laughing but did not know that Samson was reconsecrating his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. He held one beam with one hand and another beam with the other hand. And he cried out, Oh Lord, just once more. And on that day, he destroyed more Philistines than he had ever done in his entire life. Maybe in this service, at this point in time, there might be somebody that is raising their hands and saying, Oh Lord, just once more. I need you. I need you. We are available to pray with you. Pride must not stop you from surrendering to the Almighty God. Let's harm it. No one can introspect you better than you can do with yourself. I remember when God showed up, Isaiah said, I'm a man of unclean lips, staying with people of unclean lips. And God is here, he can cleanse you this morning. And when we live through that door, every sin can be forgiven. No matter how long it has been there, no matter how long it lingered, when Jesus shows up, he forgives sins. Don't be ashamed of people. Don't be ashamed of people. Maybe you're a young man, you battled with pornography. And it's a private matter that is making you spiritually drown. There is still power of deliverance. There is still power of deliverance. Maybe you're a young girl that is struggling with modest dressing. You get it wrong all the times because there is a spirit upon your life. There is a God that can remove the spirit this morning when you fully surrender to that God. All you've got to do is to yield yourself to Him. He will come and make sure that He the area that was decomposing, the damage is reversed. I don't know, maybe some people are within the sound of my voice for the very last time. We may never see them ever again. That's why we've got to make this call. That as God is knocking on their hearts, He must not pass you, my sister. He must not pass you, my brother. Come to Him you will be delivered and you can overcome every demon under the revealed word of the hour. Jesus still has power. Jesus still in the deliverance business. Maybe you can advance to the form. Say, here I am. I want you to pray with me. What our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. You know yourself better than anybody knows you.
as we harm it. save you. God wants to fight your battles. Don't be ashamed. That discomfort in your heart is not Pastor Madiba. It's the Lord Jesus Christ knocking. He wants to deliver you. powerless. This message has got power, folks. God wants to deliver you. Make the devil ashamed this morning. Not a business alone. There is a rapture ready, folks. We've got to be ready. Let's harm it. been holding for too long alone, taking so much strain. Don't close your eyes. Don't open your eye, my brother. The spirits that are living the place, you may be a victim. We'll wait just once more. shouldn't be. You are not what you ought to be. Jesus is here this morning. He asked me, Mother, where have you laid him? It looked like he was laid, but he was is never late, folks. Always on time. He hates it whenever you live a defeated life. There's been a message by the prophet in the end time. There can't be defeated people. We have been made to be more than conquerors. God is gracious this morning to restore every man and every woman. 
You've got to promise him I'm no longer going to return back. I'm done with this business. I'm giving my whole life to you, Lord Jesus. He died for you, folks. not only for you, but it's for somebody else. Somebody that you love daily. He knows your heart. The Holy Spirit is here. Same angel that was with Brother Brenham is taking the bill to bring a deliverance to those that need it want us to pray everyone in their own way. Gracious Heavenly Father, you are such a gracious God. Thank you for electing us in the end time. We were unworthy people, but by your grace this morning, we that we are far from the kingdom of God, are able to cry out and say, Lord Jesus, be merciful. You are not dead, you are alive. The woman went to the tomb and realized the tomb was open. They screamed to the top of their voices, He has arisen. He has arisen. And this morning, the same one that was there is in the building. The same one that went to the tomb of Lazarus is in the building. And as he said to them, remove the stone. And he cried with a voice and said, Lazarus, Lazarus. And this morning you have been calling people. Some have responded to your call. They know themselves that they are in a stinking business. They know what the devil has done in their lives. But I'm glad I don't care how much... The body was discomposed by the Lord Jesus Christ. The creator of heaven and earth was right there by the tomb. And he screamed and said, Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. And this morning you have been screaming the names of men and women. And they have responded to the call of God. And Lord, I know they will come out of their conditions. They will come out of their situations. Whatever damage that the devil has done is about to be reversed. Because the omnipotence has spoken. And when the omnipotence speaks, the miracles are going to happen. May you move upon these people's lives, O oh God. May you bring the deliverance that they are looking for, O oh God. May they acknowledge you that there is no God like you. You are a deliverer, O oh God. They are not ashamed to take the sides with Jesus and say, we have not been perfect. But this morning, we are determined that there is nothing that will hold us back. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And when Lazarus came forth, you said, lose him. And this morning I say, lose these people. These people are not the devil's property. These are sons and daughters of God. 
These are the people that you created. These are the people that you loved and died for. And this morning, we are crying out to you, oh God. May you be gracious to them. If there is any sin in the building, may you forgive sins, dear God. May you forgive all the sins. I don't care how bad it is. The blood of Jesus still has power this morning. The blood of Jesus can wash a sinner and make a sinner a saint of God. And these people know that there is still power in the name of Jesus Christ. In the blood of Jesus Christ. May they be a purging this morning. May they be a purging in this morning. May the men and women that will rise up here, may they walk back into the street and say, I'm no longer the same. Something took place. He touched me. He touched me. He touched me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Speak to him. Speak to him. Speak to him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Almighty God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for being such a powerful God. Thank you for sending this unadulterated weight in the end time with the power of deliverance. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. While you're still kneeling with our eyes closed and our heads bowed, maybe you would want to repeat with me in this prayer. Lord Jesus, we are in your presence. We know you are a gracious God. Sometimes we fail you because we are insufficient. Sometimes the battle rages and we get discouraged. Sometimes we get defeated. But here we are in your presence. We know you have never been defeated. We know you love us. You died for us on the cross. And when you died on the cross, you said it is finished. Meaning every sin. My sin included was forgiven on the cross. Help me to accept the forgiveness and never to return back to the same life. Deliver me, O oh Lord. Without you, I'm nothing. I need you, Father. Not only for myself, but for my household. Help me to apply the token. This is the message that you sent. The message of deliverance. The message of jubilee. And I'm responding to the call. The devil will not stop me. I'm not ashamed to bow down at the feet of Jesus. I'm not ashamed to make a confession that I was a sinner. But now I'm saved by grace. And David, 
if God forgives me, you have no say over my life evermore. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I receive God's forgiveness. I receive God's healing. I receive God's restoration. All I'm asking in the name of Jesus Christ, may you fight my battles as I commit myself to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. He touched me. He touched me. that at the rising of the sun every man and woman that was a slave was free. Brother Branham said some of the slaves went up to the mountain and some came towards in the middle of the mountain and some remained at the top. But those at the top when they began to see the sun rise they screamed at the top of their voices we are free. And the sound echoed down to those that were on the bottom. Even before they could see the sun, they knew that if those at the top, they say we are free, we are free. 
Everybody was screaming, we are free. And this morning there is a rising of the S-O-N. And when the S-O-N rises, every man and every woman is free. We can shout at the top of our voices, we are free. We are free from everything. Thank you, Lord. A worshiping song. And then we wrap up in prayer just to close. Brother Philip will come and wrap up in prayer for us. Reign King Jesus.
and just keep on remembering, Lord, that you are our, our creator, Lord. And Lord, that you may help us, Lord, in this time, Lord, this call has come forth, Lord God. That we, wherever we go, wherever we do, Lord, we may just remember you, Lord. Yes. Just to do that which is right. Say which is right, Lord. Do what is right, Lord, according to thy word, our Lord. And most of all, Lord, just take that heart of stone, O Lord. Yes. Lord, and make it flesh, O Lord God. Let it be so Because we need you, O Lord God. We are the people, Lord, that are in great need, O Lord. There's people around us, Lord, that are crying out for something, O Lord. But they're crying out and grabbing things that are not of you, O Lord God. We pray, Lord, that this call may go forth, that the people may hear, O Lord God. That we may just come to you, Lord, as a people, Lord, that we may be worthy in your sight, O Lord God. Help us further, Lord. Let thy will be done, Lord. And may you be the after speaker, Lord God. We may not just go home and say that was a great sermon. But Lord, let it work on us, O Lord. Lord, that our families, O Lord. As we said, Lord, not, not only for ourselves, Lord, but we've got children, O Lord God. We've got families out there, O Lord, that are deep in sin, O Lord. We need, and Lord, that we must stand in the gap as Moses stood in the gap, O Lord God. Help us to stand in the gap, O Lord, and cry out for our children, O Lord. We need you, Lord God. Thank you for what you've done this morning, Lord. Bless the pastor, Lord. Thank you for the gift that you've given him. And bless that gift, Lord, that we, Lord, may grow from strength unto strength, Lord, from victory unto victory, Lord. Lord, as your prophet said, your pastor will see you through, O Lord God. And we're hanging on to that, O Lord God. Our prayers, O Lord, it's only our prayers that bring these messages through, O Lord God. And we thank you, Lord. Thou will be done further, Lord, and... We say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you richly. Amen. Uh, If there are any visitors that would want to, maybe especially those that came down here, maybe they would want to speak further, you may remain when everybody leaves. The deacons will attend to you. Uh, and the elders will attend to you. Amen. Maybe you need more further consultation. They are available. They will attend to you. You just remain on your seat and they will attend to you. God bless you richly. Amen. I don't know whether there is a song that we can sing. Nice song. You know, when heavens have agreed with something, the devil shall never change that. God bless you richly. Have a blessed week. Pray for us. We pray for you. We love you. Amen.